0: Welcome to the Everything Theatre podcast, brought to you by Everything Theatre, a theatre review and interview website covering more than just London Fringe Theatre. Each week we'll bring you interviews with some of the best that Fringe Theatre has to offer. We'll talk to theatre makers about new shows, hear about the art of making the plays, talk about some of the wonderful venues you may never have heard of before. In short, we will chat Everything Theatre and what makes it tick. So let's dive straight in and hear what today's episode has to offer. I'm talking to Andrew Sharp. Andrew's got to play the Spiral Path, which is coming to the White Bear Theatre 22nd to 26th of March. Andrew, love to meet you. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and what your background is? Well, it, it rather
1: depends on who you ask, Rob, because um, to most people around here, I, I, they say, what do you do? Who who are you? And I say, well, I'm a writer. They look at me slightly askance and they go, so you're retired, then, are you? And and I sort of look baffled at that point. And I said, no, I, I write full time. And they say, well, it's good that you're keeping busy. So. Um, I used to be a lawyer until recently, uh, until about, no, not recently, about 10 years ago, frankly, <laughs> um, uh, but um, got out at, at that time and um, and stumbled into writing almost by accident. So, uh, and um, for the last five years, I've been doing it pretty much full time, churning out three or four plays a year, which, uh, and, and having huge fun, just um, pottering around the fringe, basically.
0: Okay, so, okay, so this is definitely not your first um, foray into the theatre, there was Spiral Path.
1: Um, I think it's, I think it's the, the first one that's fully realised and, and, and properly executed. Um, no disrespect to stuff that i've done in the past but you do your learning don't you really mm-hmm. um uh, and i've had stuff on in fringe and afterwards i've gone it could have been could have been this and that and whatever but um so i'd say this is my this is certainly the first work that i've had that's been well received enough to have a transfer okay so we opened in st albans as you know um uh, a, a month or so ago and uh, we, we managed to get a transfer pretty much on the bounce the same cast same production pretty much into uh, the white bear so we're delighted by that oh brilliant um, and certainly i i obviously think it's the best thing that i've done because it's the most recent thing that i've done but um,
0: you know. <laughs> i mean i I've, i i think i've i've read people talk about it though know, that a lot of playwrights say you know it, it's not until like your full four, fourth fifth play you actually find your feet and sort of fit, no. get, and that's so it's it's probably quite true isn't it you know as i said you have to go through a few things to get somewhere don't you to actually sort of be able to fine tune your craft, so to speak. Ten thousand hours, I think, isn't it that they say, or something like that. So uh... that's it to become to become adequate in something. Oh. It's ten thousand hours, isn't it? Yeah. Um, So anyway, so Spiral Path, as I say, is is your current play, and that's coming to the White Bear Theatre later this month. What's the Spiral Path about, then?
1: Well, I'd describe
0: it as, as a, a feel good weepy, I'm, uh, somewhere between
1: maybe It's a Beautiful Life and Sliding Doors. <laughs> uh, so it's it's definitely bring a tissues one, but it, it's not hopefully too grim in watching. Um, uh, and it's, it's about a family um, who suffers bereavement and um, in fact, several bereavements and how they cope. So there's an element of a family drama in, in, to them. Um, it opens with a couple of fairly self-contained playlets, which we'll talk about in a minute or two, um, and hopefully then draws the, writer, draws, draws the reader in to um, uh, the story and the plot and the characters.
0: It's the come from a series of short plays, isn't it? Or playlets, I think, they described it as, aren't they? Yeah. Um, was it always your attention then, when you was writing the individual ones, to have them as one big piece?
1: Um, not, not at, not to start off with. No. I mean, the, the first, the first act of the play, um, Meet Me at the Nightingale, has been performed quite widely as, as a playlet. Um, it, it got uh, highly commended, I think, at the Stockwell One Act competition 2019. And for many, or for a couple of years, we just we just performed that um, uh, in isolation or with other short plays that i would written. Because it seemed to be quite self contained, it didn't seem to have much in it that could could be extended. Um, But I I always kept turning over in my mind what had happened as a consequence of the the um, incident described in that in that short play. Um, and the characters that would have been affected by the um the, the events that it, it described and eventually i settled on a second play a second short play which again was self-contained you didn't need to see the first one to see see the, the second one and um, and answered some of those questions at which point I was up to 40 minutes worth of um, of, of drama and it sort of begged to be begged, begged to be filled in i wouldn't recommend to any dramatists though that they follow that example because it's it's not the easiest way to write certainly although it did mean that we got some characters very very firmly established and before i started conceiving that what became the back half of the play
0: so that was perhaps an advantage so the binding fred twin it's five isn't it Was it's five playlets isn't it is it five um
1: there are there are five characters and and they each have a a, a moment in the sun if i could put it like that so uh um, after the, the third act, um, uh, it starts to get a little bit more chopped up.
0: So, but you wrote them separately and managed to sort of pull them together as you sort of started to get through sort of the different stories, did you? Well, the, the development process
1: was done with actors and a room, um, uh, both with the existing cast and previously with Cat Rogers and a development cast. Cat Rogers is the director and producer of the work, or, or Claire Jarrett is the producer of the work. And it evolved at that point. So um, it was really a collaborative effort beyond the first two uh, to bring the whole threats together. And I worked with several different casts um, uh, to, to get the nuance. Because, of course, I'm writing outside my own life experience for quite a lot of the characters, particularly writing younger women. Um, kind of get pulled up on vernacular and all sorts of sayings. <laughs> and my, my speech patterns that I know are, a, a, are quite archaic or regarded as quite archaic. So we have to hammer all of that out. Um, and um that was done over a period of probably about 18 months, as we were actually mostly in and out of lockdown. So I was lucky enough to to get people zooming into to things and um and contributing in that way. And then we managed, as we briefly unlocked, to have a bit of a development day. Um and then um and then, then is now really. So uh um yes, yeah, it it was it was much more after the first two. Two playlets were done. It was much more of a collaborative effort, I think, with the producer and director um, and various casts than than to start off with when it was more more sort of
0: solo writing. So the first playlet was was done two thousand nineteen. So this has been a few years in the making then. From since you started writing this, yeah.
1: Yeah, it was, it was done before then. I think I think we first did it in twenty sixteen. We took it to the cockpit. It was okay. done in Froom at the Merlin Theatre. Um, uh, it was done. Um, a few times in St. Albans and Watford, always with the same male protagonist who's had um, several different female protagonists along, yeah. along the way. And then the, the incentive incident to, 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 to bring the next one on was in the middle of 2019 when I met Claire Jared who went, has later gone on to produce the work and plays, um, plays one of the characters. And uh, I wanted to write something for her. And did so, and we performed that at the Queen's Theatre,
0: which is her local theatre in Hornchurch. Then we started joining
1: things together a bit, and then it got complicated.
0: Mm-hmm. So this play's had, or, you know, from st- since you started this, we're talking sort of maybe six, seven years. What's yeah. it like to have finally seen six years of work come to the stage? Because it, it played in the Maltins earlier this year, didn't it, as a full play. Yes. So what's, what's, how, how is it to finally see sort of all that work, finally on the stage after so long
1: i was i was absolutely blown away i mean i saw it at the maltings three times and cried every night frankly because every <laughs> night it, it got better um, uh, and the final night it was just it was just lovely and it, it's it's an indescribable feeling it was such a thrill and i think that, that the one thing i would say is that the work as now produced or presented surpasses all of my expectations um, it's it's they've done something wonderful with it i mean i i kept out of the way a lot of the time think that um it's not necessarily helpful to have the actor in the to have the writer in the rehearsal room all of the time and so um I was quite happy to to let Cat Rogers get on with the direction of the workshops and the work and she produced a thing of utter magnificence I have to say I'm really really pleased with it
0: yes that's interesting I was chatting to someone else last week about um he he writes and he's a writer and he's appeared in his own play and I asked him about Mm. what's it like handing it over to the director and he said it's You have to have so much trust in that person don't you is that what you felt is that you trusted that person enough just to step back and say you know you you now run with this
1: well i've known cat for probably five or six years now we um, uh, we have complete trust and respect for each other so and i think that is essential that is essential because otherwise it's um it can be slightly awkward Um, but um, not not with cat if she we speak very frankly to each other and um, she's been absolutely great um, and, as has Claire, who's the other producer, the co-producer,
0: and when so when you first saw it, when you first saw the final version of it, was it how you envisioned it in your head, or had they, or was it different to what you was expecting? And what I what I've said is that in in the past that it it, it was like
1: I designed some foundations for a fairly mundane block of flats, <laughs> and saw this magnificent c- cathedral erect, erected on them. I mean, it, it was. Oh, it, it, it surpassed my expectations um, and um, i think it's a lesson to a to a writer everywhere to to lay your foundations and let the actors get on with and the director and the the, the designers and the sound designer and the set dresser and everybody um theater has a number of specialities for a reason if you try and as a, as a writer shortcut those by over fussy writing then you you do so at your peril let them get on with their job but they know what they're doing
0: play was well received at the Maltins, wasn't it or hence why it's got transferred to yes. the White Bear did you learn anything from that run then or did you know did you learn anything have you rewritten anything since if you gone and changed anything
1: there's been some slight modifications I mean the the the, the, the Maltings is is quite a large black box and the, the White Bear is an absolutely super venue and we're thrilled to have it but it doesn't have quite the same access points and whatever. So um uh, there has been a bit of extra writing in there's a new scene involving one character Other bits and pieces have been trimmed it's essentially the same play though
0: is it important to to bring a show to london is there i mean the maltins is a well respected venue i mean that's somewhere that sort of you know pops up on my radar quite a lot but yeah. is there something is there something different about bringing a show into london's fringe theatres
1: that's a really tricky question isn't it because um uh, i do love provincial venues um, uh, I come from the Midlands myself. Most of the theatre I see isn't in London. There is something of a thrill about coming to London, both as a writer and a musician, because I'm a musician as well. It's always a buzz to have a London gig. So, yes, in one way, although any audience is to be valued, frankly. And um, I think as long as they go home feeling as if they've had good value from the performance, then your job is done.
0: Do you think there's more? eyes on London and you know good or bad and for right or wrong reasons there's more eyes on on London venues and so if you play in London you get noticed differently
1: undoubtedly yes I mean I think that the, the, the heart of theatre is is quite London centric I think that, that you get an opportunity to reach out to a huge community of um, interested theatre goers which simply doesn't exist in the same volumes in in the provinces so St Albans has got its own audience, for example, and they turned out and were great. Coventry, which is sort of my local big town, has a somewhat smaller audience and it's thinner out somehow. So uh, yes, it's that concentration of people that, 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 mm. that does mean that there can be a buzz around pretty much anything that's well done, I think, without too much regard for fashion.
0: Yeah. Now, I've said a conversation about a few times with people is about how we get out of London, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, obviously I'm in London, everything I see is in London, but yeah. um, I'm, I'm quite interested in what, what we could do differently to take plays outside of London more and, you know, g- get out to let's say Coventry. It's a, it's
1: a tricky one really, because I think as far as Coventry is concerned, for example, um, uh, there's a need for quite a lot of capacity building at the moment. I think that that can come from the centre, but equally needs to be drawn from within the, the local communities. It's a sad fact that that in the post pandemic um, ecology traveling expenses are going to be a significant factor I think for all companies you've got to see I think um, expertise flow out from the center but building capacity in the provinces um, uh, and in more remote venues to get the work produced more locally if I can put it like that I mean touring is is expensive anyway which yeah. we'll sh- I'm sure go on still but um, I think possibly lesser so, and I think that in answer to your simple question, I think that there's got to be an outward looking um, a program of engagement but on a, a capacity development basis rather than um, uh, <laughs> a look at us. We've brought this show from London, here it is now. We're um, going to clear off again,
0: anyway. Back to your show though, let's get back to a uh, spiral path. so say, Yeah, so you're taking so white bear. It's a, different, it's a different space to the Maltings, isn't yes. it? So how much have you had to, or, well, how much as a director? Have you seen, have you been involved no. in the transfer?
1: No, no, no. I, I, I've, um, following the uh, Maltings thing, I had notes as to what further writing was suggested. I okay. um, uh, delivered two drafts of that, in fact, the second of which was accepted. Um, and I've not seen the show, nor will I see the show, until the
0: opening night. Who is it who come back to you if those suggested sort of, reworks was that the director was that the someone... director yes yes okay, I, mean, so it, it, I think it, it's
1: got to be in it's got to be a line of communication between um the director and the cast and the writer you can't have too many voices all whispering in the same ear so mm-hmm. uh,
0: and, and what what do you know what the reasons were or you know have you worked out why they felt those bits need to be rewritten what what was it that you felt ne- or they felt needed change in
1: part practical a um, uh, part intuition part character development. There was one character in particular that was described as hideously plausible we just wound her back a touch because she was um she was getting to be a bit too much pantomime villain needed a little bit more vulnerability
0: weirdly i saw, i saw a play a few weeks ago and i i i talked about what characters want to rewrite them and i wanted the whole end of this play rewritten and i <laughs> in, in my review i literally said the end was just so wrong it was um yeah it was such a lovely play. And then the end was so jarring. And it was like, just why? I think they just, they wanted, they wanted to have a really dramatic ending. And I felt they'd just gone over the top. And I literally, in my review, said, you know, the, you could lose the ending and it would be a better play. So.
1: One, one of the advantages that we've had, and, and just finding a silver lining out of a perfectly miserable time, frankly, for so many people. Um, but in the last two years, which it has been bubbling away, we have managed to... Um, uh, to have all of those dreadful, ill-conceived endings that you, you saw and suggest, and every writer writes them, mm-hmm. and I certainly written some, some really tough scenes for this play, and, and my directors quite quite kindly said, no, go away, come back, start again. Um, so we've had that, and I think that, that sometimes writers, we do get enthusiastic about our work, rightly so, you know, you invest a lot in it emotionally and, and creatively, but um, Sometimes a little bit of a break to let it rest and you go back to it and you think, ooh, did I really write that? No, that perhaps, mm-hmm. wasn't, perhaps wasn't my best not my best work, but it's just, just not a good concept. I don't know.
0: So you're an ex-lawyer. You've mentioned you're an ex-lawyer there. Yes. What brought you to writing then? Is it something you've always been interested in? Um, not particularly, no. I mean, if you'd have
1: asked me 10 years ago um, uh, what I'd be doing in 10 years' time and, and, and told me that I'd be a playwright, I'd, I'd have laughed in your face, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I stumbled in it, into it more, I mean, i was a, always been interested in performing arts and was a musician for, for many years. And through that, I met a who became a co-writer, Amy Kokura, and she, she and I wrote a musical together, which sounds a bit of an odd way to start a student writing career, but it seemed to go okay. And um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I, I was writing at the time um, at several really midlife crisis novels, if you know what I mean by that. Um, uh, some of them are destined for vanity publication, perhaps, but uh, mine never were, frankly, and I'm glad they never saw the, light, the light, of light of day. But I got the bug, really, and then wrote a number of other things, which which seemed to go down okay, which I'm now more or less proud of, um, uh, and um, and here is now. So it, it just grew, really, um, over the course of the last five years, in particular.
0: And you think your career as a lawyer. Do you think from that you come into contact with, I mean, they say you write from what you know, what you've seen. Do you think your career as a lawyer brought you into contact with a lot of drama that has helped you sort of with your plays? Yes. I mean, I always stress that my work is completely fictional. I don't I don't base um, uh, any
1: plays or stories on on clients, even if that material is in the public domain, because I feel that would be um, unfortunate. Um, But but certainly you do see all human life. I do litigation. I did crime, I did child protection, I, I acted for people whose, whose loved ones have been killed in, in road accidents, road crashes. So you do see how people react and it gives you an opportunity, I think, to observe the human soul in all of its states of, of disarray and distress and also in, in the great dignity people show I mean, in distress. And, and I think that can inspire you to create characters that react in certain ways that are hopefully broadly credible without actually taking the, the stories themselves
0: that you've heard i'm going to throw this one on you now because it's literally just come to mind i should have thought this earlier sure. now you're as i think people can tell you obviously you've been a lawyer for a, you know a few years so you're a more mature playwright there's a big issue at the moment about opportunities for for people plus, you know, literally 30 plus a little bit, a lot of schemes for playwrights <laughs> and that. Uh, I, literally under 30s. Yeah, we're both, we're both. Oh, I used to yes. but, but do you think, I mean, have you had difficulties because you're not a sort of a young entry to the to young the, um, industry, or have you been quite lucky in finding sort of footholds and that?
1: No, I've not, I don't, don't, don't regard, I mean, I regard myself as very fortunate. I'm thoroughly enjoying what I'm doing. If I do no more than potter around in fringe for the next ten years until I'm eventually so decrepit I, I, I can't bear to do it anymore um, then I'll be I'll be thoroughly delighted so I've always found people are uh, quite courteous in the arts respond just about as much as anybody ever does to marketing material obviously you don't always get responses from pitches that you make but then sometimes you do yeah, I see the things that people are, are concerned that they're on the scrap heap at thirty. I think it's <laughs> entirely hysterical. I mean, uh, and at fifty, you're just hitting stride. Frankly, I mean, you should know that.
0: Really, yeah. Oh, I, I, I mean, there is that thing, isn't it? As we, as we mentioned here, it's about life experience. You know, you can write much more from life experience because you've seen so much more life. And yeah, yet, a lot of the, you know, all the schemes you see, all the sort of fits and that tend to be for you know, eighteen to 25, 18 to thirty. Well,
1: that's perfectly natural and that that I mean youth in, in all in all aspects of the creative arts youth sells because people like novelty they like to be seen to supporting emerging artists. It, if it sells then it should be sold and if it can be sold it will be. so um, there's a sort of natural progression in that and I, I, don't, I don't blame anybody for trying to put bums on seats I mean I think that's,
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. oh, that's no. what we need
0: and i yeah and, and fringe i mean fringe theatre is is a very it feel i mean i love going to fringe and i'm usually one of the oldest people in the theatre nowadays and um, yeah yeah we well, tell me but, about uh, it <laughs> yeah <laughs> but um it it is it, it's a very young vibrant feel fringe isn't it but i mean it's it's great for it i mean it's it's brilliant to see all these youngs but but say but you're an emerging writer you're just a slightly older emerging writer aren't you so yeah,
1: I mean, you do need to keep, and I think you probably found this as well by, by talking to you just now, you do need to keep a, an eye on about how you're reacting, because we, we are brought up in a way that has become archaic, frankly. So you need to just be sensible and treat people as individuals and, and not be patronising or annoying or, or whatever, and hopefully you get by. Um, and I've certainly not found any lack of opportunities. It's not that they're easy to come by. I mean, I wouldn't say that. but
0: You'd expect that, wouldn't you? Um, yeah. So uh, You've not come across any barriers because of your age? Not that I perceive, no. Right, so what's next? So the Spiral Path, as I say, so you've got Spiral Path coming next next week now, isn't it? 20 seconds. What's the plan? Is there any more plans for Spiral Path? You go see how this run goes, or have you got plans in the pipeline already?
1: Well, it's it's there's no plans in the pipeline already. I mean, it's in the lap of the gods, really. We're there to be seen. So, um, as you say, there's always the hope that if you, if you get into the right venue at the right time in London, that, that, that something wonderful will happen. And certainly, if you don't get into the, right, the venue, right venue at the right time, then nothing will. So, um, who knows. Otherwise, I've got um, another two or three projects ongoing, which I'll be picking up after this, this slightly hectic time, because, of course, this was not scheduled in, in anybody's diary for this, um, this time, so other stuff has been, been held up a bit. I've got stuff coming up in Watford which I'll be doing I'm, uh, with the director and a, and a volunteer cast and again using the same process to develop the thing but with a cast in the room and I'm just about finishing off another new work at the moment I've got a couple of extra scenes to, to re- revise for that which will then go into the same uh, process so uh, and probably stuff will pop up I've got nothing scheduled at the moment but probably stuff will pop up at the uh, the cockpit which has an excellent open uh, uh, open mm. session there, a scratch night there, um, uh, in the next um, next six months or so. So watch the space as it were.
0: <laughs> are you, do you think any of your older write, older plays and stuff you've written? You think they'll? Do, do you go back and look at those now and again and think, oh, maybe I can rework that into something new? Or I do, Rob. Yes, I mean I think
1: I've got a, about half a dozen plays at the moment that I'd say are good representations of my current work. And the older ones than that, then I'm thinking, you know, that's not been picked up for a reason. So it's tricky because you you, you send stuff off to competitions and producing and houses and whatever, and it's rejected, and, and that that's all quite quite heartbreaking in lots of ways. Um, but you have to accept that's part of the game. It's, mm-hmm. it's write, revise, reject, rewrite, revise, reject. So there does come a point where stuff has been rejected a few times, and it is easier than to write new stuff. I mean, that's the thing. You, 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 it's easier to start with a blank piece of paper than to go back to that um, that work that you did that is perhaps flawed or has got a neurosis in it or has, has got some sort of subconscious nastiness in it that you really don't want to be saying in public. Yeah, no, there's, there's a list of, of older work that is possibly never going to be performed and that's fine <laughs> or has been performed and, and was not really doing it for okay. anybody. So. Uh,
0: just part of the experience, yeah. Right, sixty seconds. Then. Give because sixty seconds sort of um, spill on why we should come see the um, the spiral path at the White Bear Theatre. Twenty seconds at twenty sixth of March. It it deals with universal concepts and hopefully relatable
1: characters, um, and um, it it seems to have a cathartic effect on people, which is which is good. Um, it's it's old fashioned in a way in that it's been described as literate, whatever that, that means. And it makes you think, but it it brings you along to a stage where you suddenly have a bit of an experience that is rare in the theatre, and I've I've no idea how it does that, except that it does. And people, when they come out, are generally speaking more thoughtful about things in life than they were when they went in. And um, one of the the nicest compliments I had is at the end of the St Albans run, the audience sat for fully ten minutes in the um, the auditorium before they moved into the bar, um, uh, just in quiet reflection, and saying, "Wow, uh, so that was that was why you should come." And, that, and I hope we, we repeat that experience in the uh, in the White Bear. Bring see. tissues.
0: Yeah, that sounds really interesting to say. And I think any any theatre that makes you sit and think afterwards is is great. I think if you, yeah. if you can if you can do that to an audience, you've you've won. Yeah, you've won that audience, haven't you? Andrew, it's been absolutely lovely. As I say, this is uh, the Spiral Path, White Bear Theatre, 22nd, and 26th of March with a matinee on the Saturday. Andrew, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for your time. Rob. Lovely to meet you, Rob. Okay, take care. Thanks so much for listening. Please check out our website at everything theatre.co.uk where you can find reviews and past interviews that we've done. And please subscribe so you don't miss future episodes, where we'll be talking to more of the amazing people who make theatre the wonderful place it is. This has been Everything Theatre. We hope you enjoyed.
1: Yay!